God always starts from the end, the complete, and works backwards. We start from the beginning and work forward. And then when two come together, guess what happens? Darkness is forced out. The Holy Spirit is your helper, so he's helping you move forward. And as you move forward, God's moving towards you in wholeness. And when the two come together, they squeeze out darkness. It departs. So now you're in a new position in Christ. Look at Jeremiah 1.5. And we're going to start. This is, this is the teaching on the vision now. I've just laid some foundation so you can get a good understanding of what we're about to go through. But Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrated. And I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Now listen to that. Jeremiah is no different than us. Listen, he says prophet to the nations. We're all prophets to the nations. A prophet is no more, nothing more than an inspired minister. When you come into the body of Christ, when you're called into his body, you are an inspired minister now. So look at, listen to this. He says, I knew you before you were born. And he approved of you as a chosen instrument. A chosen instrument. So you've already been approved. He's already marked you as a ten. And you're approved. So when the enemy tries to bring guilt and shame and condemnation and rejection on you, tell him, I'm already approved. I'm a chosen instrument. I'm marked with excellency. I'm marked with a number 10. And he's trying to put a number two on me. That's what he does. So remind him of who you are. He separated us and appointed us to be prophets to the nations. That's to all people. We're inspired ministers to all people. Let's look at Psalm 139.13. For you did form my inward parts. You did knit me together in my mother's womb. While he was knitting you and forming you together in your mother's womb, he was possessing your interior self. See, you're still holy, but when you were born, you were born into sin. So he was possessing your interior self. Knitting it together in his image. He's forming you and knitting you together in his image. That's why Satan's so angry when you come out of the womb. Because that's the image he wanted. Remember? He wanted to be like God, right? That's why he's cast down to the earth. And now God chooses us to be like him. Now doesn't that make Satan angry? So when you come against an angry spirit, it's not you. It's him passing through you. Because he's angry at the Christ in you that accomplished You coming forth in the image of God in the earth. Isn't that awesome? He's angry at that. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Psalm 139, 14. I will confess and praise you, for you are fearful and wonderful, and for the awful wonder of my birth. Wonderful are your works, that my inner self knows right from. you got to know. Come on, you got to know that you are wonderfully made. This is one of the best days of your life right here, is when he's forming you and birthing you. The second best day of your life is why he birthed me. So if we can ever figure out that, the first is when we were born, the second is why we were born into this earth. Our birth was a beautiful display of his image. You're reading it. He wrote that. You are fearful and wonderful, and, and for the awful wonder of my birth, wonderful are your works. Awesome. The beauty. 
the days of our life is to bring forth his character. Listen to this. You are made in his image. So the days of our life is to bring forth his character behind the image. That's what Satan fights against, bringing forth the character of God behind the image. So he keeps you from your character being built. And character is built while you're going through the trial. Because he said glory in your tribulation. For tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, godliness and godliness just goes on and on and on to where hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint in his character. It's impossible. So as Satan keeps you from being developed, his character being developed behind the image of Christ, then we take on another image. I see that all the time in the church. We put on another image. We put on another identity because we're supposed to look like we are on the inside. But when, when the inside isn't developed and it's supposed to look like it's developed, we put on the outside, it looks like it's developed, polished up. Amen. Speaking the right stuff until the trial come. And that tells you who's behind the image. The deceiver deceived you. Powerful stuff. Psalm 139, 16. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book all the days of my life were written before they ever took shape, when as yet they were none. Listen to this. In his book, he wrote out every day, fashioned for you. It's all laid out. Every day is fashioned for you. And we're going to get into why he fashioned certain days. Let's look at Matthew 6.10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your days are fashioned to bring the kingdom of heaven into the earth. Every situation, every circumstance you get into, whether it's good or bad, is designed and fashioned by God to make a kingdom deposit. And you may be the depositor, and somebody else may come along and water it, and God will cause the increase. And listen, when you pass a test, it releases the river of God, the Spirit of God, and it'll jump on somebody else, and they'll start thinking like you think. Every day that we get up, don't get discouraged when a circumstance comes to your way that's negative, because that is just as blessed as the circumstance over here that's positive. Because there's no partiality in God. Everything's designed for your purpose, for your promotion, and for your growth. So redeem it and speak that word of the kingdom. You know, you can speak the word of the kingdom without even quoting the scripture. Because you're speaking out of the character of God that's behind the image of God, which is you. Let's look at Jeremiah 1.10. See, I have this day appointed you to the oversight of the nations and of the kingdoms to root out and pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to... So you're in a, you got an assignment. That's your assignment right there. That's what your days are fashioned for. Rooting out the foreign kingdom. Planning and building God's kingdom. So if you're in a negative situation and, and you've been positive up until that negative situation and that devil tries to come on you to be negative like the other person is negative, don't do it. That's a, that's a blessed hour. That's a blessed circumstance. You've got to plant the seed of the kingdom and when that seed gets planted, it'll root out that foreign kingdom that's in the other person. It'll just root it out. The day you were born, it says the day you were born with water out of your mother, you were set over the nations because you were in heaven before you came through the womb because he was discussing with you and writing in the book the days that are going to be fashioned for you. He showed you every one of the days before you were born because he said he knew you. 
before you were born. So, to root out, pull down, destroy, and to throw down, and to build and to plant the kingdom of heaven. This is what you're rooting out. The foreign kingdom that's in our minds and our souls, the strongholds, the strong mindsets. If you're free in a certain area, and someone that's with you is not free in a certain area, and that foreign kingdom begins to speak because the truth just came near, don't speak what the foreign kingdom's defenses are. For shame, his defenses are rebellion, pride, controlling, cursing, deception, masking, self-centeredness, and the love of money. Don't speak that language. Speak the opposite. And that foreign kingdom will become down in that person's mind and his soul. And God's kingdom can get planted and built. So be sober every day because God's going to put these opportunities in front of you. But you don't have to receive the foreign kingdom of Satan when it's coming at you with force. Don't react to it. Respond by the Spirit. And God will give you words of wisdom that the foreign kingdom cannot contradict. And it'll come down. It'll come down. It's an alien kingdom. It's the kingdom of, of Satan. Let's look at Matthew 6.33. Because this is our focus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. All things will be added to you. Everything that you're in need of will be added to you. Because God takes pleasure in your receiving the good things. He takes pleasure in it. He doesn't want you to live in poverty. That's religion. You weren't called. You, you, came from the, you came from mansions. You came from gold streets. You came from pearly gates down to this earth. He didn't send you here to be poor. It's in the word. He said Jesus became poor so that you could become rich. Now, some people will say, well, that was spiritual. I had to confront some religious devils on this. And he said that was, they said, that's spiritual. I said, you mean to tell me that Jesus was spiritually poor? It just messes them up. They don't know what to say. Because he wasn't. He spoke one word, and devils came out. He spoke one word, and cursed the fig tree. He spoke one word, and money showed up in the fish. He spoke one word, and they cast the net into the water, and 150-something fish come. Now, do you think that's spiritually poor? No. He had to redeem poverty. He had to go there. He had to put his divinity there to redeem it for you so that you can live a blessed life. So that you can live the blessed life that you came from. Because he said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Seek first the kingdom. It says, train up a child in the way they should go and they will not depart from it. Well, some of us are training them in the wrong way because the only thing that you cannot depart from is your gift and calling. Because it's without repentance. You can't turn from it. You can't run from it. You're born with it. Because you're born with it to bring the kingdom of heaven on the earth. So you train up the child. You find out where his gift is. What office is he in? Apostle? Prophet? Evangelist? Pastor? Teacher? What gift is in him that stands out from the rest? You train him up in that. And he will not depart. Other people say, Train up a child in the way they should go, and they'll not depart. Well, they do depart. Oh, they'll be back. You can't step out of this calling. You can't step out of this gift. It's without repentance. And Jesus spoke to me last year, and he said, Gene, I don't care about gifts and calling because I gave them. They can't turn from them. 
They can't run from them. All I care about is the man and woman of God being developed in that gift, in that calling. That's what we're supposed to do. Moms, dads, that's your assignment. That's your assignment to train them up that way. Speak it into their life. So you train him up in that gift. That means you train him up on how to treat people that's coming to him. And he's going to. How to love them. How to speak to them. How to keep them the right way. Matthew eighteen eleven. Then the devil departed from him. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. Jesus rescues from the power of darkness. You see what happens? Jesus will rescue you from the power of darkness. You can't do it. He does it. He rescues us. Jesus connects us by the Spirit back to the one who wrote in the book the days that were fashioned for us. And it's subject to our choice. He connects us back to the one who wrote the book and fashioned that day for us. Those days are fashioned for kingdom advancement in the earth. Kingdom advancement. So how do we connect to the kingdom? Let's start this journey, this journey of faith. How do we connect? Let's look at John 3, 3. Jesus answered him, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that unless a person is born again from above, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God. You have to be born again. When I get into the, the teaching of these the next six or eight weeks, I'm going to break these down. I'm going to break down the regenerated spirit. I'm going to break down the soul. I'm going to break down all the mechanics of it, the functions of it, so you will know how to operate in this kingdom that you are called to. Let's look at John 3, 5. Jesus answered, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, unless a man is born of water and even the spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. What he means by that, water and spirit, when you're, when you're born, your natural birth, you're born out of water. Until you're born by the spirit, you can't even see the kingdom of God. And it's all around you. That's how you know somebody just got regenerated. Just got into the kingdom. He is in the kingdom. John 3.16. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in Rests in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting. Whoever believes in Jesus shall never be condemned, is what it's saying. So there's no condemnation in him. You're in him. You've been grafted into the vine. You've been regenerated. You've been born back to God, so there's no condemnation. Satan's the one that's condemned, not you. You're out of it. Uh, Romans 10 9. And this is how we come to Jesus. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and in your heart believe, trust Him, and rely on the truth that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ, and so is justified, declared righteous, accepted to God. And with the mouth he confesses, there's, he declares openly and speaks out freely his faith, and confirms his salvation. That's how it all begins. And that same model in that scripture is what has to happen in every time you grow in Christ. It, just, it doesn't stop right there. That same model has to be used. You have to believe. You have to confess. 
and he does. You have to believe, and you have to confess, and he does. That's how you get promoted in the kingdom. That's how Christ gets advanced in us. Romans ten thirteen. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, invoking him as Lord, will be saved. Everyone. Jews, Gentiles, everyone. Calling on the name of Jesus Christ out of the heart, confessing out of the mouth, will be rescued from the power of darkness. Rescued from the power of darkness. You know when that power, you know when you're, when you're rescued from that power, fear just got stripped off of you. And peace came. Y'all remember that moment? Some of us have been in church a long time. I remember that moment. I will never forget that day. Because I was possessed by fear. So much I had ulcers all in my stomach. Ruled and dictated by fear. That's what saved means. You've been rescued from the power of darkness, and you've been conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Peace came. No love, no peace. No love, no peace. Got to be love. There's got to be love. There's no love, there's no peace. So, let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature, creature altogether. The old previous mortal and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. The old spiritual moral condition has passed away. The corrupt condition has passed away. Everything is going to become new now. So it really shouldn't stop after the born-again experience. Most people stay right there in that same position. They don't move on and work out the new thing. Everything in your life every day should be a new thing. You should wake up with joy every morning because every day you can experience a new thing that you have never experienced before. That's why it's called a new thing. And that new thing is designed to stimulate your joy. It's designed to stimulate your blessings. It's designed to stimulate kingdom every day. So don't wake up depressed in the morning. There's a new thing every day. And it's all around you. It's all around you. Second Corinthians 5.5 5. Now he who has fashioned us for this very thing is God who, who also has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee the fulfillment of his promise. He is guaranteeing your success. It's a guarantee. All you can do is delay the guarantee. That's it. Stay connected to the Holy Spirit. You have all these guarantees. Your car gets a guarantee. Everything gets a guarantee. But it's only for parts. And no labor. And it's limited. It says limited. The Holy Spirit is guaranteeing your success. How do I keep the Holy Spirit involved? Faith connects itself to confidence. The Holy Spirit connects itself to a confident soul. And you release that guarantee. So in other words, he just went ahead of you and he's over here working everything out while the word back there has got you in trial. The word is judging the enemy and the Holy Spirit's out here guaranteeing the success. He's already here. Just come on. He's waiting on you to experience the new thing. Don't lose your confidence. It has a great reward. It's a great reward. John 10, 9 and 
I am the door. Anyone who enters in with me will be saved, will live. He will come in and he will go out freely and will find pasture. He'll go in and out, in and out, in and out, and live a blessed life in Christ. But he's the door. The most amazing thing the Lord told me was, Gene, 70 to 80% of the church, people in the pews, are not born again. I heard that in my spirit after hours of worship. You just can't come up here unless you're convicted by the Spirit. You've got to be convicted by the Spirit. I cried out for God for years to help me. But there was a point in time for Gene Hall. He had to die. So when you're talking to someone, asking, when did you die? And if they remember when they came to zero and died to their self. And Jesus opened the door because you called on truth. John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance. To the full, to the overflow. Ah, come on. Who wants to miss out on that? Have an abundant life to its overflowing with righteousness, peace, and joy. He came to give you eternal life, but he's also given you abundant life on the earth because without abundant life, you're not representing the kingdom. Jesus is not in a kingdom that's broke, busted, and disgusted. He wants you to live an abundant life to represent his kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? I've been quoting it all night, but this is what it is. The kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink for us, but instead it is righteousness, that state which makes a person acceptable to God and heart, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Only Jesus Christ can make you righteous with God. That's the first position. Then peace comes. That's how you got it. You got it. You know you. You just got it when the peace comes. And then the joy comes. Romans 5.19 For just as by one man's disobedience, failing to hear heedlessness and carelessness, the many were constituted sinners. So by one man's obedience, the many will be constituted righteous, made acceptable to God, brought into right standing with Him. Thank God for Jesus Christ. He was God and man. But the scripture says, Jesus learned obedience. Doesn't that blow your mind? The scripture says he learned obedience through what? Suffering. That's why suffering is a blessed place. Because you're learning obedience. You can't walk in the abundant life of Christ without walking in obedience. And it's so easy. It's so easy. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Let's look at Romans 5.21. So that just as sin has reigned in death, so grace, his unearned and undeserved favor, might reign also through righteousness, right standing with God, with issues in eternal life through Jesus Christ. The anointed one. Grace has to reign before you can have dominion. Unmerited favor has to be flowing in your life before you can have dominion in the earth. Unmerited favor has to flow in your life. And it's there. It's already inside of you. You just got to let it out. When the trial comes, don't reason with the trial. Stay in faith. Stay in confidence. 
that the Holy Spirit is guaranteeing my success on the other side of this trial. And I know he's over there because I can't see him, but I know he's over there because this is my dark hour, but I know he's there because the word of God says he's there. My success is there. So the kingdom must advance as we grow in his righteousness. That's how the kingdom advances, is growing in his righteousness. Look, Luke 9.62. Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back to the things behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Don't look back when the trial comes. Don't look back at shame. Don't look back at rejection. Don't look back at fear. Don't look back at all these things that had been controlling your life the trial is getting it out of your life that the word of god is breaking it off of you the spirit of god is breaking it off of you but jesus is saying keep plowing ahead in truth in faith and in love because faith does not work except through love it's got to work through love so keep your hand to the plow and don't look back lest you're not fit to receive the kingdom that's coming towards you because you can't bring the enemy with you into the advancement of this kingdom. That's when he's got to be under your feet. That's when the God of peace will crush him under your feet. So keep your hand to the plow when that trial comes. Say, I'm blessed. I'm fashioned for this day. I'm fashioned for this trial, for the advancement of the kingdom. And my guarantee is on the other side because the Holy Spirit is my guarantee that I am going to receive the kingdom that's coming towards me. In another level. That's where we're going. Another dominion. Another and enlarged place. So let's look at Galatians 5.19. Now the doings, practices of the flesh are clear. They are immorality, impurity, and decency. That's what we look back on when we start putting our hand to the plow. And you know, if you're out in the, out in the farming land and you're plowing that land and you hit a root or you hit something under the ground that's unseen... You start looking back. You can't look back to that flesh, the old way. You can't look back. The old way is being peeled off of you in that moment. So don't pick up a cigarette neither when you do that to calm your nerves because it's not your nerves going crazy. It's Satan's nerves going crazy. It's the one that we're connected to when we come through the birth into the world. We're birthed into his kingdom. So when he gets anxious and nervous... He sees something happening. So the spirit of bondage will grip you at that time, and that brings you into addiction. So let's look at Acts 14.22. Establishing and strengthening the souls and the hearts of the disciples, urging and warning and encouraging them to stand firm in the faith, and telling them that it is through many hardships and tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Many hardships. You enter the kingdom, advancement. You advance his kingdom through a hardship, but you don't have to live there. It says you're advancing through hardship. It doesn't say we're approaching it and have to live there. Advancement is movement. As we're advancing movement into the kingdom, we're going to experience a hardship, but don't live there. Don't stay there. It's not yours anymore. It's being stripped out of you and rooted out of you by the word of God. Hebrews 12, 27. Now this expression, yet once more, indicates the final removal and transformation of all that can be shaken, of that which has been created, in order that what cannot be shaken may remain continued. There it is. As you're pressing into the kingdom, 
as you're advancing the kingdom on the earth, things are going to be shaken. And the things that you lose weren't supposed to be with you because you can't take that into the kingdom advancement. You can't take it because whatever it is, it's not equipped. It's junk. It's unsanctified junk. It's deception. You can't take it there. The removal of things connected to the unredeemed soul, the unredeemed part of our mind, is being shaken and stripped off so that what remains cannot be shaken. That's the kingdom of God. It can't be shaken. And see, the kingdom that's in your spirit is trying to make entry into your soul. But first, it's got to be shaken. And it's got to be stripped of the thing that's unredeemed, that it's connected to. Your soul's connected to everything. Outwardly, inwardly. It's the mediator between the spirit and the natural. It's connected to everything. And by this, the soul has dominion. That's the stripping away right there, the doorway of change. Doorway of change. The removal of things connected to the soul being stripped away. And see, here's the Holy Spirit. Look here. He's out here connected to Jesus, guaranteeing your success right there. And you see those three bars? That's the Trinity making you complete. You can't be complete unless the Trinity makes you complete. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Power of what? Freedom, yes. <laughs> the power of freedom. So, so, listen, if you're not living a victorious life, then here's the problem right here. You're holding on to something God's wanting to peel off of you. And it's either something that comforts you. I've seen people in bondage to their dogs. Seriously, emotional bondage to their, to their animals. You're not supposed to be in bondage to anything. Nothing. Emotional bondage is a dependency on something that takes the place of Christ. If that dog makes you happy before Christ makes you happy, it's bondage. Whatever makes you happy, whatever it is, before Christ makes you happy, it's bondage. Hebrews twelve twenty eight. Let us, therefore, receiving a kingdom that is firm and stable and cannot be shaken, offer to God pleasing service and acceptable worship with modesty and Highest care and godly fear and awe. Receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Well, you say, well, I'm, I already got saved. The kingdom's in me. Why am I still receiving it? The soul is receiving it. The spirit has it. That's why Jesus said, work out what's in your spirit into your soul. The only reason this man is glowing and growing in the light is because the soul is being renewed. The mind is being renewed. See, it's generating and producing the kingdom. You get that? So as it's producing the kingdom, I'm receiving the kingdom. So how am I receiving the kingdom and how am I producing the kingdom? I am producing the kingdom through confession. We confess and he does. Remember, from the very beginning, we believed, we confessed, and Jesus came. We got born again. It's the same thing. As we receive the fullness of the kingdom, the fullness of the kingdom is the manifestation on the inside and the manifestation on the outside. God said, the world is yours. You inherited the whole world after Jesus stripped the keys back from Satan at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He said, it's all yours now. That's the kingdom. That's the manifestation of the kingdom, the manifestation of his goodness. 
2 Corinthians 4, 6. Therefore we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and weary through fear, though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day after day. See what's happening? The kingdom is being renewed every day because every day is fashioned for your renewal, for your growth. And as it's being renewed, the old part is decaying away. Look how much decayed away from this man on this chart when he got to here. Look at the measure that left from here to here. The old man is coming off. The old ways is coming off. First Peter 1.9 says, Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So your faith comes to an end when your mind gets renewed. That's what faith is for. Faith connects to the confidence in your heart to bring forth the kingdom into your mind, into your head. And as it's bringing forth, you're receiving the end of your faith. I'll give you an example. What have you received that you prayed for? By faith. Did you get it? Did you need faith for that anymore? It came to an end, right? So you don't need faith for that anymore. The only thing you need after faith comes to an end is keep praise and thanksgiving on your lips. That keeps life on what just was made whole. 